0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. England is through to the semi-finals of the T20 World Cup after an incredibly nervy run chase against Sri Lanka. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom T20 World Cup Daily Podcast to talk through that game. With me today is the managing editor of Wisdom.com, Ben Gardner. Ben, that was a really weird game, first and foremost. 52 for one after five overs, Sri Lanka. But England dragged things back superbly, taking six for 61 in the final 10 overs to restrict Sri Lanka to one for one for eight from their 20. England blitzed 70 off their power play, yet only managed to get to the target with two balls left spare. So nearly 50% of the runs scored in the game were in the power play. Pace on was fairly straightforward to hit but pace off. Very difficult. What did you make of that England run chase where it did get incredibly nervy after uh, an amazing start from Hales and Butler?
1: Yeah, it, it, it was nervy. And obviously there's a temptation to sort of not, not, not lay into England, but go quite hard on, you know, that they could have managed it better and that sort of thing. I think if you look at it in the context of, as you say, how the game panned out, like it was clearly runs against the new ball were a lot easier to come by. Uh, the spinners were generally hard to get away pace off was hard to get away and when both sides figured that out then it was both it was a struggle to hit boundaries but England were never so far ahead of the rate that they would be have been comfortable just getting singles. like it wasn't like it was it was six and over so if you're really if you're doing six and over you either need a lot of twos which we end up doing or you need some boundaries so they had to go for some boundaries and so there was probably criticism of the likes of uh, Livingston for getting out the way he did, but then Stokes and Wokes batting as they did basically foregoing all risk. There is also a risk in that, if that makes sense, because if there had just been a few more dot balls towards the end, then all of a sudden you're two and two from, uh, from, from losing the game and crashing out. So I think there's quite a lot of the, of the conditions that went into the chase panning out the way it did. They could have been a little bit smarter, but they were also hampered by Having one of their sort of their most sensible most innings managing players injured, I guess. I think they'll just be pretty happy to get through it, and we'll take a lot of encouragement from Hales' innings, Stokes' innings, and how they form the ball. I guess.
0: I see what you're saying, but they did get the required rate down to under six in the last 14 overs. England pretty much went at fives, and their their record chasing recently is really bad. In the last 11 games, they've chased. They've only won four of them, and that includes the win today against Sri Lanka. It includes again the chase against Afghanistan that wasn't exactly didn't exude confidence, um, and it includes one of the games in the Pakistan series where Phil Salt blitzed eighty-eight off barely anything, which wasn't really like a normal chase. And I think you're right to mention Dal Milan. He limped off the field in the Sri Lanka innings with, with what looked like a groin injury. At the time of recording, we don't know for certain how severe it is, but it didn't look great. And I think England really missed his calm in the middle in that chase. Harry Brooks' form isn't great at the moment. His record in Australia is actively pretty bad, including big bash cricket. Liam Livingston is a good finisher, but I think as his dismissal showed, I don't think he's confident in managing chases like that. He's almost, you almost back him more when nine and over is needed rather than six and over. That was a really, really bad shot. Moeen has never been a great manager of chases and Stokes before this game has been out of form I guess and Curran yeah he hits it well but there's a reason why he averages 13 in T20 cricket so I I do see England as being really vulnerable in chases because I'm not quite sure who's gonna who's gonna guide them home when it's eight and over needed on a tricky pitch
1: yeah I guess the thing that's I can't work out because because you're right obviously you know they they crushed the power but they should have been way ahead and it it was tight so obviously the, the last 14 overs weren't great but it's trying to work out why it wasn't great because it didn't like you can Isolate dismissals and say that those came up because of aggression, but in general, England weren't being overtly aggressive. I think I mean they hit two boundaries between the end of the power play and the four that Wokes hit to finish the game, uh, and so and Brook, you could argue that was an example of actually of tentativeness. I think there was a, a, a leg stump half volley basically, and he doesn't go fully at it the way that he would do- he would have done if if you know if, if England were batting first, I guess. Mm. So it's it's a so that, that's what I can't work out, really. Like, these are all good players. It's not as if they're just, like, all swinging from the hip and mm-hmm. falling in the deep. There were, you know, long stretches yeah. in most of the partnerships where they were just singles. Like, Livingston was, you know, he was It's not as if he got off to a floor and played one shot too many. He was four or six when he got out. So that's that I can't really work I completely out. See what
0: I you're saying, completely see what you're saying, but I think that's worrying that they don't have that confidence chasing six and over. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't be that difficult for someone again, you know. I, I know I know it was doing a bit for the spinners and it's hard to score quickly, but they should be better at just accumulating six to seven runs over as, as Stokes kind of showed. Stokes had a couple of hairy moments early on in his inning, but when he decided, no, we're just gonna get there in ones and twos, he kind of got there quite easily. And I think and I think that was the big plus for England, really. Like Stokes, you almost saw that Stokes had kind of clicked into World Cup mode. Um, like in 2019 in the final mm. he where he pats the last ball, the full toss from Trent Bolt for two, rather than uh, taking the risk and hitting it for trying to hit it for six. He talked about how he'd watched the India Bangladesh game in 2016 in the T20 World Cup, where Bangladesh had needed two for three, tried to go for the boundaries, didn't get it, and actually Stokes made a calculated decision to take fewer risks when it really, really mattered, and you kind of saw that from Stokes in the second half of his innings today, and. You know, if Milan is injured, Stokes is going to be his importance increases massively into that England side.
1: Yeah, I think Stokes scored thirty-three from thirty-three non-boundary balls, which shows just how well he managed that in terms of a uh, uh, rotating the strike and and running the twos. Um, and yeah, I guess we should talk about the Milan thing uh, because it really didn't look good. I think like that just, but like especially almost like the innocuousness of the incident. Like it clearly wasn't an impact thing or like a an overstretching thing. It was just something went basically, and those things are never like you know hugely serious, but they are normally two or three weeks basically. So you know, let's let's wait to hear. But if that is what happens, it's just devastating. I mean, for him as much as for England, like this is the tournament that the last five years of his career has kind of built up to really in these conditions where his game is so suited. He's been so central to that side and. Rather than being peripheral on the other England sides, and uh, he's what he's thirty-five. So if that is the end, he's might not get another World Tournament because the next menial World Cup is in two years' time. Uh, so yeah, for him, it's 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 really really tough. And I guess we'll come on to what uh, what England uh, do to replace him if they have to. But just from a personal point of view, that's uh, it's really hard not to feel for him.
0: What do you think England will do if if Milan is indeed ruled out at the semi-final?
1: Yeah, so I guess there's two options. They can bring in a bowler, which I think was almost sort of a popular thing before he got injured, or they would just bring in Phil Salt for him. So it's either just change the balance of the side or changing sort of like the, the balance of the batting lineup, up, if not the side, I guess. Um, I would bring in Phil Salt, and I think that's what they will do. There is obviously a temptation to the bringing Chris Jordan thing. One, just because Jordan's obviously a, a really good player, brilliant fielder, such an experienced head. To have in a semi-final and a final, uh, and then also you've had, you know, Livingston and Curran at seven and eight. Look at place too low. You can push them up in that case. But I think, firstly, England's bowling has been their strongest suit in this game and at this tournament. I think, and for, and you know, Curran has really come into his own. Their death bowling was absolutely brilliant today. So you, you just don't need Jordan for that if Curran's going to bowl that well and uh, and and Wood is going to be that reliable at the death too and because Jordan is a specialist if you bring him in you kind of have to bowl him uh like you can't have you, it it would be very odd and i don't think you would do it therefore to have jordan in the side and to that they, they, they you can see a scenario where they kind of end up starting well and then getting to the end it's like, oh we haven't bowled jordan let's bowl jordan and actually would would be kind of the better option as a death bowler uh and i think this this balance if it were to be Phil salt at what at six where england or six or seven, I think. Where if it's like Billings in the last World Cup, bring him in at seven. And he's kind of your your insurance. I think England would be fine with that. I know Salt is mostly an opener, but he's done that role for England. He will always go hard from ball one. And in some ways, that might suit certain members of the batting lineup. We saw Stokes as the anchor today, uh, sort of eating that role kind of to perfection. Uh, Brooke has obviously been peripheral, didn't have a great day today, but perhaps moving him up to number four or Moen Ali has obviously got a very good record in the top four. Um, a lot of those players have looked to plays too low and this is a way to, to move them up without sacrificing batting depth, I suppose. So I think mm. that's what they will do.
0: And it was a really good day for England with the ball on the most part. They managed to restrict Shankar to just one for one after that amazing start. And Rashid was brilliant, one for 16. Um, how impressed were you with, with Rashid? Because he's had a quiet tournament up to now. He's not really been in the wickets, but he would be well really well today.
1: Yeah, well, he was brilliant against them last year as well when they visited England. I think in that series, he went for one boundary in three games and he also didn't go for a boundary today. So I think that's now four games against Sri Lanka and Rashida's gone for for one boundary. And that was kind of, that series is like almost Rashida's peak as a T20 bowler. That was when he was obviously so confident in his shoulder. I think he bowled one ball at 70 miles an hour in that series, a faster ball. He'd worked on so many variations that it seemed like it was like the total package as a T20 bowler. And he's just kind of, it seems like that's fallen away a bit. Uh, like And it's, it's almost as if it's just the, that that rip just hasn't been there. Basically, I think with 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 his with his leg spinner, perhaps most of all is the, the the one thing I can think. But he was he was really good today. There were obviously no bad balls. Obviously a tough pitch to hit the spinners and the solo bowlers on. um But he was still uh yeah really good. And if if that is just him now, even if he just takes confidence from it and thinks okay, uh even if I'm not going to be ripping through size the middle over, I can go at a run a ball, that'll be a, a, a huge bonus for England uh, in the next game or
0: two. Hmm. I think mean, C- Curran as well. I think I saw a stat on Twitter that Curran is going at less than a run a ball at the death this World Cup. Obviously, that's not really sustainable, but he's obviously doing pretty well at the moment. Uh, and just on Patam uh an amazing innings. He's more of an accumulator. His strike rate this tournament was actually less than 100 going to this game. He was the main guy who punished England early on. I, I know England didn't roll that well against him. But um, that, that was some start. And I think there'll be some people out there kind of questioning how Sri Lanka approached the second half of the innings in a very similar way to England. They really, really slowed down. But I, I I don't know what you think, Ben, but I thought they identified 160 as being a really good score. And given their power play start, they thought if they were conservative for the rest of the innings, that would almost guarantee a score of around 160. I guess they just didn't foresee a collapse like that at the end. Like it was an abnormally bad finish. Going at basically a runner ball for the last 10 and the last few over, uh, last three or four overs as well. So they backed deep with Hassaranga at eight. They, they, they would have backed themselves to get 160 after that start, and that probably would have been enough.
1: Yeah, because I guess you can split, it, as much as in, obviously did regroup really well after that power play, you can always split that middle into three sections as well. Like, because what it was after eight overs, they were 71 for one. So actually, they carried on after the power play okay. And then they lost some wickets through the middle. I mean, what, there were four overs where didn't hit a boundary, lost two wickets. But then actually, with five overs to go, and Roger Pax was sort of uppercutting bowls for four, uh, you still had to there. So it's was sort of five overs to go. That was when they were 116 for three. They'd be eyeing up 160, 170 even at that stage. Um, and with still seven wickets in hand. So actually, and England did just bowl really, really well. I mean, Rashid gets out on the and then... the the rest were basically unhittable you had sort of like that sort of uh that that combination of current with all his variations and his canniness and then wood just bowling it as fast as he can and also thank god wood is okay yeah when he he bowled the last ball that first over and then just grimaces and walks off you're like oh dear this is the t 20 World cup gone this is england's tour of pakistan in the in the in the drain as well and then he he comes back on and, and bowls as quickly as he has uh, all, all tournaments that was that was good, but yeah, oh. but England England were really good at the end more than Sri Lanka threw it away. I think
0: hmm. there's quite a lot of grimacing from England players. today. obviously Milan that looks quite, potentially quite serious, but Stokes has got so much strapping on his knee and he's not moving 100%. Would even when he bowled those two overs, he didn't look at 100%. He was bowling quickly, but you almost because of how quickly he can bowl, you kind of forget that. If he's only bowling eighty-eight, that is that is below where he is normally bowling at the moment. Just to finish, Ben England in the semi-finals now, finishing second in the group. How do you think they'll go? How do you assess their chances?
1: Well, can I just say one thing on Hales quickly as well? Because yeah, this was okay. uh, because that 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 was really as good as Stokes was. That was the innings that won England the game. Um, he, he, it was weird. It was interesting how Butler basically took on the spinners and him the quicks and that power play uh, that worked really well as a partnership. Um, and Hales has been asked about the ODI stuff before, and obviously hasn't played a list A game in ages, uh, and he's not in that squad to follow this series. But I still think there is a question to be answered there. I mean, obviously, Jason Roy is the incumbent, but we're just yet to see how his form is in that format, basically, given his his tough summer, and he doesn't have, given that the the World Cup is, is next year, and England will want to have that, what they see as their first 11 playing as much as possible together. Uh, after Roy, it's not really clear who that next person is in 50 over cricket. I mean, Vint is in that squad, Milan's in that squad. Again, we'll see whether how he, uh, how he pulls up after today. But Hale's doing that kind of thing. I mean, it was a lot of, also it was a lot of sort of fours kind of hit through the ring today, wasn't it? It was that, like the kind of tone setting, 10 over power play kind of thing where you just, playing good cricket shots and timing them really well and getting to the fence. Uh, So that, that, I think it could well be a possibility that in a few months' time, England don't know who their opener is and they're like, well, we've got this world-class white ball opener, why aren't we using him? On the uh, the semis uh, and looking ahead to tomorrow, uh, it looks like it'll be India and South Africa, although that's really far from certain, I think. I mean, given how this World Cup has panned out, how there have been very, very few thrashings, how every team has shown they're able to push Every team, I would not at all be surprised if either Zimbabwe or Netherlands put off a surprise tomorrow. And then uh, it's basically whoever wins the other game right that goes through in that case. Um, Mm. But if it is India, as it looks like, it's just going to be a a fascinating game. And that will be a massive test for England's bowlers because they've kind of it's a really well-rounded attack and they have found... Uh, solutions to kind of every problems they've been faced, whether it's been a fast star or it's been one particular batter who's been getting to that sort of thing. Suri Mayada is a problem that I don't really know if there are answers to. Like I don't know what his weakness is. I don't know how you target him. I don't know how you keep him quiet. He scores quickly every single time. Uh, he seems to thrive on the on the pressure in the big occasion. Uh, he basically never plays a bad innings, and he is so consistent. Um, that will be a really. I mean, that is almost the key battle. As good as you know, India's lineup is. Apart from him, uh, if England can come up with some sort of plan to him that they believe in, uh, that will be significant. I think. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Anyway, that is all for today's show. Cheers, Ben. We'll be back tomorrow for a bumper day in Group Two, where all six sides um, are playing. And we'll by the end of tomorrow, we'll know the four semi finalists. Cheers, Ben. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back tomorrow.
1: Podcast Network.